welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Wow. There's a lot that's been going on, obviously, we know in the world. I'm grateful that we can take this time and come together. I firmly believe that the devil is shaking right now because he knows that he is on limited time. He is on borrowed time. I thought it was interesting, um, Pastor Lisa, that you kept talking about time. One of the scriptures that I put down this morning was Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what, what the will of the Lord is. Earlier this year, one of the things that the Lord had pressed on my heart was really digging into what is the will of the Lord. When Jesus instructs us how to pray, there's this one portion where he says, kingdom of God come and will of God be done. And oftentimes I'll be in prayer services or in moments, and, 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 and we do, and it's important, and we should declare your kingdom come. But then we follow it up with the second portion of the line, which is your will be done. And that part of declaring your kingdom come gets really exciting. But the question is, what is the will within the kingdom? And I'm not going to necessarily teach on this, but to simply just uh, uh, confirm what we have already prayed, what we have already heard, what we've already exhorted. But the will of God is holiness and unity. And if there's two things that the devil goes after is the holiness of God and the unity of God. Holiness means to be set apart. That word holy, it means to be set apart. It means to no longer look like the world, but to reflect the image and the likeness of God. The devil doesn't like that. He does not want you to know that you have God potential inside of you. He does not want you to know that the same spirit that raised Christ for the dead is inside of you, quickening your mortal body so that you can live and move and have your being in him, that you can live and move and walk the way that this word says that you can walk. He wants to disrupt that. And the more that he can get your eyes off of who God's called you to be, and the more that he can get your eyes on who he's tricking you into thinking who you think you should be, then we're willing to compromise holiness. And it doesn't always start off that way, but it quickly moves into that direction because, because holiness is to be set apart. It's a consecration. It's a Lord. I'm not allowing there to be anything between me and you. I'm setting my life apart for you. And so the devil hates that. And so then the next thing that he does is he looks as to how he can disrupt that by creating a disunity first within yourself, next with others, ultimately between you and him. So the will of the Lord, it's holiness and it's unity. It even says this here in Ephesians 5, verse 18. He says, and don't be drunk with wine, 
but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is, verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. There's a unity that the devil wants to disrupt. But the thing that that caught my attention was really in in verse 16, redeeming the time. Somebody say, redeeming the time. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What time are we redeeming? What what is it that, that is being redeemed? Can I tell you in this hour right now, the time that we're redeeming is the time that's allotted in which we as the body of Christ are ushering in the kingdom so that the world knows that God is a good God, that God loves them and God wants to bless them. We are on borrowed time right now in which we have a responsibility not just to receive the message for ourselves, but to become the messenger preparing the way for the Lord And when we leave from here, that we are letting people know the goodness, the love, and the blessings of God. There is a time that's been allotted right now. The Bible says this in Matthew 24. If we can take a look at this really quick. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about What is to take place in in, in the end times? And you know, it's so easy, I think, for us to get our our selves excited because, you know, we want to be spiritual and we want to start interpreting what the Lord's doing. And so then we get caught up with, with, you know, what what news media is saying. And and, and so Jesus lays out this flow and I'm going to bring us to a punch point and where he allows us to kind of get sobered up as to, what the purpose is. And so he says in verse 24, he's walking through and he's saying, take heed, in other words, take watch, that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ. And verse six says, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse seven, for nation will rise against nation. Well, we're seeing that kingdom against kingdom. You know the interesting thing about kingdom against kingdom? Kingdom means anyone that is in power and authority. So before we start drawing our attention to to earthly kingdoms, kingdom is any authority, any force. How many know we see kingdoms within in, 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 in the economic world and in, in, in a lot of the major big players that are out there with these, these Fortune 500 companies, they are kingdoms that are fighting against kingdoms and we just end up being the casualties in the middle buying all their products. Kingdom against kingdom. <laughs> it goes on and, he, and it says, and there'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in, in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. They'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. (laughs) Many will be offended. When you signed up for this life in Christ, you signed up to offend people. Just telling you that. 
It goes on and says, we'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. And verse 11 says that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. We've seen a lot of that throughout, throughout the decades and even now. And, 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 and people that are carrying around forms of godliness but denying the power. And, and, and because they say Jesus, the question is, well, what is their values and principles behind that? They're, they're, I, I'm blown away that there are certain nations that are rewriting the, the, the Bible right now, taking out the truth, the moral principles, and rewriting it with political agendas right now. It's amazing what's going on in the world. There's such a distortion of the gospel that is taking place. And, and, and it says this, though, verse 12, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. See, anytime that you're not walking according to the gospel, to the truth, to the power, and it is misused, and people are hurt by the misuse of the gospel, then it causes them to retreat and to begin to live to, uh, based upon their own vices or their own interpretation. And, and, and going back to what you were talking about uh, in, in the book of Judges, the last chapter of Judges says, in those times, people did what they thought was right in their own eyes. And if we're not seeing that in the world today, everyone's heart has grown cold and we're doing what we think is right in our own eyes. And we're doing this thing where we're following our heart. The Bible never said, follow your heart. It said, follow him. Hear me, we are living in a world right now that is causing people to turn inwardly rather than living outwardly following the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And here's the part. This is the nugget. This is the point. This is the thing that I love in verse 14 that Jesus wanted his disciples to see. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Somebody say all the world. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And the end will come. And this gospel of the, somebody say of the kingdom. He didn't say this gospel of politics. He didn't say this gospel of personal agendas. He didn't say the, 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 the gospel of, of what other people are trying to influence you with that's contrary to the word of God. He said the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus only had one message that he preached. It was the kingdom. Matthew 4, 17, when Jesus came out of his 40-day fast, and immediately when he, when he went into his time of ministry, he preached one message and it was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He had one message, the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. And it's so important to understand that the kingdom is the message. That is the message that, that is at hand right now. Anything that is opposite of that, anything that, that, that is not that, is not the true gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's important to understand what the kingdom is. What is the message within the kingdom? Just want to give you a couple of short thoughts this morning. 
Because I believe that as we leave from here, if we're going to continue to be movers and shakers in this earth, it's not going to be preaching our personal agendas. It's going to be preaching the kingdom of God. It's going to be preaching the kingdom. The kingdom is the extension of the king. Whatever is the extension of Jesus, whatever represents what he says in this, this is the kingdom. Now the Bible says this in John 3, verses 3. I almost said 30, but John 3, 3. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus at nighttime. They're, they're rooftop in the middle of the night and, and they're having this encounter. And, and, and Jesus tells Nicodemus this, is he says, if you want to see the kingdom, you must be born again. So your first step in being able to be a carrier of this gospel message is that we need to have perspective of the kingdom. Somebody say perspective. And perspective only comes when Jesus is the center point of my life. When Jesus is the center of my life, when I am born again and I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, now I can have perspective of the kingdom. Anybody want perspective of the kingdom? Growing up, I played baseball. And one of the things that I was taught when I was uh, uh, having batting practices, you have to learn how to see the ball so that you can hit the ball. If you can't see it, you can't hit it. That's pretty common sense, right? It's the same thing with the gospel. It's the same thing of this message. If I can't see it, then how am I going to partake in it? Now, I know that Jesus is talking about a, a kingdom that, that, is, that is in the spirit, but what, but what he's saying is only until you're born again, only until you receive Christ, only until he's the center of your life, then you can have perspective of this thing. So you got to have perspective. The kingdom gives you perspective. The kingdom allows you to approach your life on the job. The kingdom allows you to, to, to manage your household. The kingdom allows you to be able to do the, what God has, has given you the ability to do because it gives you the perspective because you're not looking through the eyes of the natural. You're seeing the way that God sees as you approach every situation of life. We need kingdom perspective. I want kingdom perspective. And the devil works very hard to keep you blinded in your heart and in your, and in your mind so that you can't see the way that God sees. I want kingdom perspective. The next thing, as the Bible goes on, is it talks about the fact that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that we have been transitioned. Another version says, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son's love. He has placed us. The kingdom places you. It places you in position. So this message gets you in position. I'm here to tell you that if you just feel like, man, I'm striking out in life. Man, I'm missing it. I'm messing it up. I feel like it's just, are you out of position? Because the kingdom is about getting you in the right position for the right moment, for the right time, so that as God moves, man, you're able to partake in that thing. I just came to ask you, are you in position? Are you in position when you leave from here today to carry this message to people that need, a, that need to know the love of God and the goodness of God? I want to charge you this week as you're going on your jobs or, or, or as you're going into your community 
If you're having kingdom perspective, say, Lord, now let me have kingdom position because you don't know what path you might cross with somebody that is on a one-way ticket going the other way. Say, Lord, I want, a, I, I want kingdom position. I want to encounter somebody this week. I want to encounter somebody this week. A couple months ago, my wife and I, um, we had um, a night out and um, we were having dinner. And, and where we were having dinner, there, there was some live music and stuff that was going on. And there was this gentleman that was sitting next to me and he just kept like interrupting us while we were having our time together, interrupting us, interrupting us. And I kind of felt like, remember when, when the, the woman that was demon-possessed was, was bothering Paul and Paul turned and just gave her like a rebuke and just shut the party down? It's kind of like where I was in this situation. And so we were there and, 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 and I remember though, you know, all year I'm always saying, Lord, I want, I want to be in position. God, give me kingdom perspective. Give me eyes to see, but not right now because I'm in the middle of eating this I don't want to deal with this for a second, right? And this guy, this guy just kept talking nonsense, nonsense. So finally, I was getting ready to say, excuse me, sir, I'm on a date with my wife right now, which comes few far in between, and I want to enjoy this. Come on. Any parents in the room that you get that night out? What's that, that video or that meme? I think it's funny. Like, as an adult and you have little kids, now you have to ask your parents permission to go back out again because you're asking them to watch your kids. So I was getting ready to turn to this guy and let him, let him have the business. And right as I turned at the guy, the Lord just fired off of my spirit, and I just said, hey, man, what's wrong with your knee? I was turning to say hush up, and what came out of my mouth was, what's wrong with your knee? <laughs> this guy's getting all like, what, what do you know about me? That I, how do you know me? I'm like, I, did, I don't know you, man. I was like, but let me ask you this question. I was like, what's the problem with your knee? I want to pray for it. Okay, here we go. So now, so now Pastor Aaron, she's slowly like, oh, man, I know what's going to happen now. This is going to take a while. Might as well move it along to dessert, and, you know, he's going to do his thing. So, so I'm talking to this guy, and I'm, and I'm saying, hey, man, what, what's, what's up with your knee? I want to pray for your knee. And, um, and so he begins to tell me, and, and so I said, can I get really weird with you? And he was like, well, what does that mean? I was like, I'm going to put my hand on your knee. So it's going to get a little weird. I'm telling him this. It's going to get weird. So I put my hand on his knee. And so we're talking, and he's telling me the situation, and he's got some torn ligaments. And the very next day, he was going to have to go in um, for, for an aggressive surgery. And, and, and while, while we're talking, uh, you know, he, he, he's starting to be like, he's like, man, my, my leg is on fire right now. What are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm just touching your knee. I can't tell you. And so um, I begin to, to tell him his name was Mike. I said, Mike, I said, not only am I going to pray for your knee, but I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No. So we're going to pray for that too, okay? And so actually, let's pray for that. Then we're going to pray for your knee, and you're going to get a package deal out of this thing. The Lord's going to touch your knee right now. So I lead him to the Lord. It was just so quick. You know, it's loud. People are around, and I'm just saying, so confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Uh, he forgives me of my sins. He forgives me of my sins. Now, Lord, heal his knee. And he goes, what did you do to my knee? He said, I did nothing. Jesus did everything. Doesn't stop there. So I began to dig a little bit deeper because I wanted to know about this guy. And so I said, man, so, you know, 
um, you know, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm retired, and, you know, I live in the area with my son. And I was like, so, you know, what's that relationship all about? Oh, man, now I'm digging into his past life and his family. I'm trying to have a date. There goes, you know, chocolate lava cake. That is done. It's not so lava anymore. It's just looks like an Entenmann's leftover. It's no good. It's just falling apart. So anyway, so I, I, uh, I asked him, I said, um, Mike, what's the situation with your son? And he said, we hadn't talked in 10 years. He said, you live in the same, yeah. I said, are you married? No, no, I'm divorced. Divorced a long time ago. It's just, it's just me, me and my son, we're, our relationship's really estranged. And I said, I can see in your eye, you, you want your relationship back with your son, don't you? And he began to get choked up. I began to get choked up. And then I said, Mike, I'm going to get ready to do something that is weirder than everything that I've already done, that the Lord's done. I said, Mike, can I just hug you in proxy as your son right now? And I just, I, I, he just threw his arms around my neck and he just began to break and cry. I broke and cried. I'm like, I'm crying right now. I'm telling you the story. In this moment of restoration of father and son, even though I wasn't his son, begin to hug him, begin to break down and cry. And, and so we had this moment. I said, man, I want you to know this. I was like, I was like, Mike, God loves you, and he loves your son. And I don't know the context of it. He's a phone call away, man. Tell him what the Lord's done in your life tonight. Call him up. And so it was a beautiful moment that was the result of just being in position. Position, by the way, is being available. Okay. It's not, did I step in the right place? It's not, did I have the right amount of scripture? It's that I'm just available. I'm available. I'm available to minister based upon what the Lord has given me. So then we called our Uber and we got ready to leave. And one last just, you know, kingdom kindness. I ran back and sowed a seed into his hand and said, here, take that. And then I ran off. And he was like, oh, I don't need it. I was like, pay it forward. Position. Somebody say position. position. Position, it's about availability. It's about availability. It's saying, Lord, when I leave from here, make me available because I don't know who in my path, who in my life, who in my circle, who outside of my circle, who I might just randomly encounter. But, Lord, make me available. You have something to offer, by the way. Everyone in this room has something to offer, whether it's a word or an action. You have something to offer. And right now, if there ever was a time for the body of Christ to be active, it's right now because the world is hurting. And I'm not just talking about the th things that we prayed for, but you look around and society is so jacked up today. People don't know what to believe. People don't know which way to go. But I'm here to tell you, you've got an answer if you're carrying this gospel of the kingdom. It's about position. I want perspective. I want position. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. That's about presence. The kingdom's about presence. Jesus goes on in that passage of Scripture, and he says this. Is he's like, don't worry about tomorrow. Today is sufficient for itself, but don't worry. If you put me first, I'll take care of everything else. I got you. 
Some of us were trying to figure out how's this going to work and, and, and how am I going to take care of, you know, this situation? How am I going to pay for this bill or, or how am I going to prepare for this thing? And the Lord just saying, chill out. Just be a people of my presence and I got you. It's going to be all right. Just put me first and I'll take care of it. Just seek after me and I'll give you strength. Seek after me and I'll provide. Seek after me. I got you because God's a good God. He loves you, and he wants to bless you. It's about presence, perspective, position, presence. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom will bring you peace. There's a flow, by the way. So if Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then what's the next thing that's going to come out of that? Peace. For the kingdom is not meat and drink, it's righteousness. Peace. So if I'm a people of his presence, then peace is going to automatically come out of the deal. Come on. How awesome is that? Lord, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so, I got so much angst right now. And I got, the Bible says this in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This morning, my, my daughter was singing that, rejoice in the Lord always. Whoa, a little voice there. That's all I got. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Yeah. And again, I say rejoice. Got to add the clap in there. If you don't add the clap in there, the song ain't done. <laughs> so I, 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 I look at this scripture because Philippians 4.4 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It says be gentle to all men for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things... Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving make your requests known to God in the peace of God. What will it do? It will surpass all understanding. Thank you. Guard your heart and your mind through Christ. So if I'm coming to the Lord and I am putting the Lord first, then His peace is going to be the immediate cash out of His presence. So I got nothing to worry about. Some of us, we get so worried about things. We go to the store and we worry about if they have the things that we're looking for. God forbid they run out of cilantro when it's close to Cinco de Mayo. I hate that. Why has the world got to be about cilantro just then? Actually, I don't want them to be about it at all because I want the cilantro. I like my chips and salsa, homemade. I'm not saying that for anybody in here that's got a wild bone to make salsa to like, because sometimes when you drop that stuff. Hey, we were blessed, by the way, last week with some cookies that like were lights out. <laughs> the name will be left unnamed, but the individual that baked the chocolate cookies so blessed my heart. And in the few short minutes that I consumed all of them, Wonderful. That's the gospel. 
peace. Somebody say peace. Lord, rest your peace right now. Right now. I feel the anointing on that right now. There's somebody that's just been, been, been just so overwhelmed in their mind. They don't know which way. Am I going left? Am I going right? Which decision I need to make? Lord, I thank you for peace. Father, release your peace today in this house. You know the beautiful part about peace? Peace releases prosperity. That's why when we join hands, I always say, pray for each other's peace and prosperity. The Lord wants you to prosper. Bible says be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. The Lord wants you to prosper in every area of your life. And sometimes it's so hard to think, how can I prosper because I'm not at peace? Get peace and prosperity will come. So the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, harmony with God, harmony with others. Lord, I thank you for peace. I thank you for what you're doing in your church right now, bringing peace amongst one another because we know we're, we're dwelling together in unity. The anointing flows and the blessing comes. God, we want to be a people of blessing, which means we need to be a people of peace. Father, I thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm declaring this right now, church. I thank you, Lord, for your peace upon every single heart and life that's in this place today. Ever, uh, upon every person under the sound of my voice, I declare peace. Whatever it is that you're wrestling with, whatever it is that you've been battling, whatever it is that's gotten you divided amongst yourself, others, and God, we stop it right now, and I declare peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Righteousness, peace. When I have peace, the result is also joy. It's a flow, by the way. Righteousness, peace, joy. Lord, I thank you for joy, inexpressible joy. Give us inexpressible joy. Thank you for it, Lord. The last thing that the kingdom does, or at least that I want to share with you, just wanted to give you a couple of thoughts this morning. The last thing that the kingdom does 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. It says that the kingdom is not in word, but in power. It's not in word, but in power. The kingdom is not in word, but it is in power. My heart breaks because there are churches all across, especially this nation today, that thinks that the kingdom is in the way that they articulate their next message and it's no more than just a TED talk on a platform for 20 minutes. I have casting shade on other churches, but what I'm saying is, is that the kingdom is not in word, but it's in power. It's in power. We need to see the power of God at work right now. Not quick talk. I said, Lord, this year, I want to see the power. I want to see your power. I'm not the best speaker by any means. There's other people that can talk, preach, communicate. I've got great, you know, social media one-liners. And I said, but I don't want that. Lord, I want to see the power of God at work. Now, Lord, give me a message that I can proclaim that can help stir up hearts. But, Lord, more than what's coming out of my mouth, Father, I want to see the power at work. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears open. I want to see the lame walking. I want to see the dead rise. I want to see breakthrough and favor beyond measure. I want to see the people of God rejoicing and saying, look at what my God has done. The kingdom, it's not in word, but it is in 
power. The power of God, it's present to heal. The power of God is present to deliver. The power of God is present to save. The power of God is present to turn your situation and your circumstance around. Because the power of God is the result of the blood that was shed through Jesus and the finished work of the cross. And for you to deny the powers for you to say that the blood has no power and value in it. What an assault on the body of Christ for us to think that the blood only works in some areas and not all areas. The word redeem comes from the word redemption. Redemption. Jesus and his redemptive power and his work on the cross is so that we could be saved, healed, and delivered. Ephesians says we need to redeem the time. There is a time frame that is at hand right now. Has anyone ever been handed a voucher to be able to, to, to get like $20 off at wherever it is that you like to shop, but on the bottom fine print, it says valid offer through this time and this time? There is a time frame that is stamped, and we need to redeem what that offer has made available, and what has been offered is the abundant life that comes in Christ and Christ alone. But some of us, we treat the abundant life as if we're walking into a store for a red dot sale of only some things we can partake in. No, Jesus died on the cross for you to be healed, delivered, to prosper, to have victory, to have salvation. He died so that you could live the abundant life that comes in him and him alone. So why would I minimize the finished work of the cross? The time that's at hand to redeem is that if I know this and I want to let as many people in the world know, I want to let as many people in the world know about this gospel of the kingdom, let as many people know about the goodness and the love of Jesus. It's quiet right now. We are in a time, precious time, and I want your hearts to be so stirred because the Lord has given us a message. He has given us the good news. Lord, press in our hearts. God. I'm not coming to have church. The Lord didn't come for us to have church. The Lord came so that we could be the church. And I'm burdened in my heart right now. I'm burdening my heart right now. What am I doing with the time? What am I doing with the time? Am I, am I being a good steward of what you've given me, Lord? Because in this time right now, there are people that are waiting to hear the good news. Jesus had 33 and a half years on this earth. And only three and a half of them was his active ministry that we know of in the Bible. Talk about a 
compressed time frame of the Son of God in flesh. Lord, in this time frame that we have in this precious earth, let us be relentless in our pursuit. Let us be relentless in letting the world know about your goodness and love. Father, we know that we are in a compressed time frame right now. Say, Pastor, why are you saying all these things? Because the Lord gave me a message a month ago that it is the time to ready the bride. I did not come here today to just try and have a curated message. I came today to present to you the gospel. I came today to tell you if there ever was a time, it is right now for the church to get herself ready. We don't have time for games. We don't have time for foolishness. We don't have time to waste. What the Lord has given you is precious and it's unique and it's specific to you, so you need to use what you have to carry the gospel. I've, I've said this before, but no one can do what you are created to do in the way that you are created to do it. You are a carrier of the good news and what God has given you is designed and meant to flourish in this earth. Because no one will be able to witness the way that you're able to witness, and no one will be able to speak the way that you speak, and no one will be able to be able to present the gospel the way that you are. So unless you think, oh, pastor, you've got this. No, I don't. We have to have it. We are enlisted in this hour and in this season right now to carry this gospel but you don't understand, man, I'm, my life's a mess. And so is the 12 disciples that Jesus recruited. He was looking for people that were available. God's not looking for perfect vessels. He's looking for available vessels. And what you have and how God's created you, it matters because it allows you to carry the gospel in a unique and powerful and, and, and incredible way that's specific to you. When you're making the business deal and you're doing it the way that God wants you to do it, it's a witness. When you're teaching in the classroom the way that God has given you the gift to teach, it's a witness. When you're loving the guy that is bothering you at dinner when you just want to be on a date with your wife. <sighs> so pressed in my heart today. Jesus had only one message. And that was the gospel of the kingdom would be a witness. So my charge to you today is how are you going to carry the gospel this week? How are you going to carry this message to be a witness? How are you going to carry this gospel this week to be a witness? Whose life will you be able to speak into? Whose life will you be able to serve? Whose life will you be able to honor? Whose life will you be able to give just a fraction, a part, a portion of yourself to that can be the very change for their life. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. 
For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.